What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by Casey Vandegraaff of Prime and G5 Outdoors. And Casey is a professional photographer and a graphic designer and who also has a passion for hunting. And in this episode, Casey shares some great information regarding how to get involved in the outdoor industry, the importance of relationships and building your social media platform. And we also talk about the brand new Prime Black Series bows. It was an awesome conversation. And I think a lot of you uh, that are in this social media content is going to find really, really helpful, uh, man, because Casey has has great experience at just starting out his career for the last couple of years and does an amazing job with his, uh, with his photography. And uh, I can't wait to see what his uh, 2020 season has and has planned for him. So Casey, thanks for coming on. I hope you all enjoy this one. It was fun to make, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing all your feedback. And I just want to say again, a big thank you to all of you for your continued su- uh, support, especially thank you to all of our amazing partners. Make sure you go check that out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Follow us on our Instagram, our YouTube, and Facebook as well. And, uh, man, we really appreciate it. We're coming up to a year. Uh, so next week on next week's podcast, we're going to be doing a giveaway. So follow along on that, and uh, we'll have some some awesome stuff for you uh for for hanging along with us for the past year and we greatly appreciate it also just want to say a big thank you to all of our partners everybody from sever america's best bowstrings uh first light uh big sky rent uh rentals stoker eyes cobra tethered onyx and argali all amazing products but most importantly uh, what amazing people everybody is behind that. And uh, make sure you go check out our partners page because you'll just see all that amazing gear that we use and uh, people that we su- support. So thank you again to all of them. And again, I hope you enjoy this one. It was a fun one to make uh, with Casey from Prime and G5 Outdoors. So uh, keep listening. And uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you go leave a positive uh, review at the end. So thank you. Until next time, Antler Up. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And today we are joined by Casey Vandegraaff from Prime G5 Archery. Uh, Casey, man, thank you for taking the time out. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Pretty excited to talk about some hunting, talk about some pictures and just the outdoor industry in general. So thanks for having me on. Dude, we're, we're, we're pumped to have you on and, uh, man, it's, I know the time is, is short, so I appreciate you coming on. So Casey, without further ado, man, tell us who you are, where you're coming from and, uh, what's your story? Yeah. So, uh, my name is Casey Vandegraaff. I work for Prime and G5, so I'm pretty involved in the outdoors industry as a whole, but, um, I was brought on to Prime and G5 as a graphic designer about, I want to say five or six years ago. Um, and then did graphic design while I was at school, getting my marketing degree. And then, um, when I finished, I kind of just work in the marketing department now and handle photography, videography, anything creative. So like logo design and all that kind of stuff. So, um, more just on the whole creative side of the outdoor industry. Um, but yeah, so we're based out of Michigan here. So, um, went to school in Michigan, grew up in Michigan and kind of been here my whole life. So, um, Michigan is my, my home state. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of, I guess the quick rundown. I'm sure we'll get more into more into depth of what I do, but, um, yeah, that's it for the, for the beginning. So that's awesome. And now you talked about like going to school, uh, like, did you know when you were going into college, like that you really wanted to focus on that outdoor industry? Was it a, something you grew up hunting your whole life or, uh, like how did that kind of come about? Yeah. So it's actually kind of a funny story. So, um, my dad's been a hunter his whole life and, um, I went hunting with him. I mean, growing up and then my first, my first animal that I killed was with a bow. I killed a little, it was a little doe, um, but I happened to put a pretty good shot on her and she ran about 15 yards and kind of did the whole, um, throwing up a little bit of blood and and rolling around and it kind of scarred me a little bit, I guess you could say. So I took, I took about five, six years off, um, and then, and then started to hunt a little bit again as soon as I was old enough to understand what hunting was and what goes into it and 
actually being able to see the food on the table and I mean, just my whole family is hunters. So, um, so that's kind of how I started hunting, I guess, is just through my family. But there, there was definitely a long break in there. Um, and then I just kind of had an opportunity to work if they needed an intern. I needed an internship for school. So kind of just worked on that way. And I mean, as soon as you get into the industry, there's so much good that comes out of it that, I mean, it's slow. It just, I mean, it became just one of my biggest passions. Right. Well, and when you think about it too, I mean, you could elaborate on this even probably like, like in a million different directions within that there's so much you could go from the prime, like as far as even prime is concerned, you have in G five, you got broadheads, you, you like, you have the bows, everything when you think about it. So, you know, talk like what would have been some of like your more interesting, uh, photo shoots or activities that you've been able to do so far? So I guess as soon as I started, um, while I was an intern, um, and not involved in the industry really at all before that we had a a photo shoot. I mean, I was, like I said, I was probably a month into my internship with, with the bone collectors for the, our dead meat broadhead. Yep. So that was just like straight into the industry meeting kind of these big stars. And I was just, absolutely starstruck <laughs> i just got thrown into a full i think it was a three or four day commercial shoot with those guys and you got to sit down with them and go out to dinner and like it was just crazy to be that involved that quick and just like yeah i mean just starstruck those guys are they're who i grew up watching and i mean some of the best personalities in the industry so it's just that was pretty much my, as soon as that happened and I got to meet these guys and hear their stories and I was, I mean, hooked from day one. So how about talk a little bit, how the industry has really changed over there. You know, you've been working with prime for the last five or six years and also did some internship with it while you're in college, how the industry really has changed as far as far as social media and you know how the media presence has changed over the last few years you know recently you saw facebook and and kind of the tv side of it now kind of youtube is coming more popular can you explain that a little bit what you've seen Mm -hmm. over your career yeah definitely so yeah i kind of have a a shorter span of time but i want to say as soon as i started it was it was definitely very very tv heavy us as a company, we focused a lot on shooting commercials for TV. So I guess on on the way we shoot a lot of stuff, it's it's definitely changed as far as what kind of media we're putting on. Because before we, I mean, we'd hire out a company to do, I mean, three or four commercials for certain TV shows. With and now, so it's it's more changing towards. I mean, YouTube is um is, is a good source of advertising for us, just because. There's a lot of different social medias and stuff that really, really in the last five years have restricted what kind of content goes out as far as, I mean, because bows are kind of consistent, like even lump sum, um, put broadheads into that. So um, it's, YouTube has been one of the few media companies that is, that is still allowing archery and not considered a, a, a deadly weapon, I guess. So, right. um, so I guess our media and our content, we've tailored it towards, um, towards the YouTube nowadays, but I mean, Instagram's kind of always been there. Facebook's been there. You've noticed a little bit of drop off with Facebook, but, um, it's, it's one of those media that's, that's always going to be there. So yeah, so it's, it's definitely changed over the past few years and definitely TV to, um, towards different kind of, what do I want to say? Um, like there's Amazon prime nowadays. There's, there's Hulu. There's all kinds of stuff that, that people are putting their media out on, um, other than TV. So right, I mean, definitely you, making a lot of content. Right. I mean, even towards those even, Yeah. When you think about it too, I mean, you got YouTube. You got and then just like how you mentioned about Prime TV. I mean, you have the Carbon TV app that's on there, and you could just put it on there. You have other kind of yeah. app, app programs like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carbon's become a pretty big one too. So. And it seems like a lot of the outdoor channels and like, like Realtree has the Realtree uh, 365 and all that stuff, and they're all putting it on different media channels. But it seems like the outdoor industry, I mean, it's on, it's on everything nowadays. So, which has been just been awesome, but it's been it's tough from an advertiser standpoint 
right. there is just so many different platforms out there that it's tough to concentrate on just one. So uh, right. a lot of content being made. You're right. Tons <laughs> of it. Now, you know, Casey, talk about you took that little hiatus away from from hunting and then you got back into it because of your family and just, mm -hmm. you know, it was time to you just felt like it was ready to be time. How do you go about now yep. having time to actually go out to hunt slash film and take photos for other individuals, other people that are with prime and, and uh, get what you need to get as far as your job is concerned, but then also have that personal time to go out and, and hunt as well. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that's super tough to do because uh, as a videographer and a photographer, I am out there following a lot of people along and, and making films and making spots and stuff like that. But um, the nice thing is, is, uh, me and me and a buddy, uh, Mitch Day at work, we kind of have the opportunity to kind of go do our own thing. So like this year we'll be going to Nebraska for about 15 days for the opener in September and we'll actually have a prototype bow there. So, Sweet. um, we'll probably, we probably won't film a ton, but we'll kind of go and we'll take pictures and a lot of stuff that we use the launch will come from a hunt like that. So we'll hunt, uh, the PM usually, but the, uh, the entire day we're spending building content. Um, and getting ready for the launch, but we still do kind of get the chance to go out and hunt that night. And obviously, a lot of the good, a lot of the good content comes when an animal is down, and you kind of get to do a photo shoot that way. So, it we get to mix it in there here and there, but there are definitely those those hunts that you're there to film and you're there to create all the content, and you're just kind of which personally, as a as a videographer and photographer, I find just as much joy doing that as it and actually hunt myself so um I, I love getting getting a kill shot on camera just as much as i like pulling the trigger so <laughs> now do you feel a lot more pressure going on those sort of hunts knowing that you got to get content you know you might be trying to put an animal down more just for the photography the the advertisement for the new bow coming out when you go on those sort of hunts instead of just kind of trying to kick kick back and enjoy those days out there in the woods yeah, definitely. So for the most part, I don't, when I go hunting by myself, I go, I don't bring a camera. I don't bring anything just because that's kind of my time away from the camera and away from all the stress. And even if I don't shoot anything, I don't have to worry about all that stress. But when I am on a shoot to get a film done or, or a photo session, the pressure definitely does just come along. And that's, I mean, that's just part of, part of filming film and hunt so right we actually just we just went on a on a video to do the mega meet, um the g5 mega meat prototype video and we were out there for i think five days um and we were kind of doing spot and stock axis deer down in texas and it came down to the last night the last hunt before we got a shot at one so <laughs> the pressure was on at that point we were all just kind of stressing about if it doesn't come together, then it's kind of a week worth of uh, weeks worth of content that's just not going to go to any use and kind of a waste of time at that point. But that's just that's just hunting. Animals don't read the script, so right. What's well, that? I, I know you add that camera into the stand, and it just you know whether you're just filming for fun or you know to show your family and friends or whether you're trying to create content. I mean, just that camera being in the tree stand with you put so much more pressure on yourself and archery is not the easiest to begin with and a lot of mistakes can be made but that added pressure just it's really hard to get past that sometimes having that camera with you yeah no that's that's for sure and i think that's one thing that i i do a little bit differently um when i'm behind the camera and i'm filming somebody i really just try to make like when I'm doing a film, I don't want to be the guy that's just like, all right, let's like, let's walk down that path another time and another time. So I get the shot, right. I like to film it very raw so that there isn't that added pressure of just everything's got to be perfect. I just, you just go hunt. I'm going to be here at the camera. I'm going to get what I can get. And, and that's going to be the film just because I don't like that added pressure. And that just takes away from a lot of the fun that hunting really is. Right. You know, I want, I want that, to capture that experience between the person and the animal and everything in between. I don't want to be wor them worrying about a film on the side. So, Well, that's what I even think, you know, with people, the audience want to see 
content that's not perfect. I mean, then you can relate to it, you know, whether it's someone missing or, you know, it's maybe not the best shot or, you know, or it's caught in that raw moment where maybe you could have reenacted it or redone it over to make it better. But I think you can relate more to the Mm -hmm. audience and, and they can relate to your content when it's maybe not perfect, but it's raw in the moment, almost makes them feel like they're actually Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And there's, there's a few companies that do that very well. And, and I mean, those are, that's kind of what my, my goal of a film is just to capture that raw moment of the hunt. So right now in this world of, let's just say social media, and obviously let's, let's target the, the hunting industry just because that's what we're doing. You have the, the likes of the the hunting public i know they just recently i don't know how much you follow like their videos or what they put out or not but they just yeah. rec- they yeah, just re- they just recently put out a video last week i believe where greg went over his like his old school dvds and tapes that he did now because this is kind of like mm-hmm. a two a two-part question here did you yep. like how you just mentioned earlier you, when you go out now you kind of like leave the camera behind you're going out you're just like being one with nature being one with, like within your hunt you're you're leaving that camera behind yeah when you went into this and you how you said you needed that internship with prime did you have any footage like were you self-filming at all at that point no it, at that point when i first got the job at prime i i had never picked up a camera at all right so so yeah i i was never a photographer or a videographer or anything like that that's just something our company had a need for and I, I had the, um, I mean, I went to school for graphic design to start, so right. it was, I knew how to, how to lay out framing and how, what colors and contrast and that kind of stuff. So all kind of came a little bit pretty easy to me just being a creative and knowing how I want stuff to look, but right. as far as how to run a camera and all that stuff, it, it was pretty new to me. So, right. So then like that, that, that's actually really good information because then that second part of that question is like, how man, it just seems like every other individual and, and just, they want to get in this industry. And as long as you have that drive and you do it for the right reasons, like go for it. Right. Like that's even, man, Mm -hmm. when I met, when I met Sam Soholt at last year's total archery challenge in seven Springs, like, I don't know, it was in that after party with the elk federation and, uh, and all that type of stuff. And my, my wife was sitting there and he came over and we were just like hanging out talking. And I ran the idea of what I wanted to do with my friends and with Dimitri here. And he's like, dude, man, he's like, if you got the passion and the love for it, just go and do it. And that's like, I I, like, it's awesome. But I, what I think what Mm -hmm. gets lost is the the why and you know i'm a i'm a teacher so like i i kind of have that my my brain works that way and i coach like i'm a varsity head baseball coach so i'm always telling our kids like if we go on like a three-game losing streak like dude like let's get back to what's your why why are we playing this game like why are we doing this you know x y and z so like Mm -hmm. right now it seems like people want to just get in this industry to to, to get, I don't even know, like the likes, the follows the this, the that. And so I want, I want you to kind of, if you can try to talk about going from getting that internship with prime to working your butt off to where you're at today. Because like I said, man, like it just seems like people do it for the wrong reasons. Um, instead of like just following that passion, your drive and, uh, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, you're definitely right. Um, as far as, questioning why people are doing it especially with um i kind of break that up into two sections so the one thing i have noticed um in the industry is kind of with social media and the way it goes everybody kind of wants to be famous i guess you could say right so with instagram getting likes and followers and stuff like that so um which has been kind of tough for i guess us just kind of working with people and working if you look at our uh, the teams that we sponsor on prime and like Jason Matzinger, they have, they really have a mission and a goal and um, a drive to do good in the industry. Um, they don't necessarily care if they're the face of it or because they do so much behind the scenes. So um, we like to work with people a lot like that. So people that really want to, want to give back to, I mean, public lands like Sam does and, give back to the wild sheep foundation and all these kind of stuff. So, um, weeding through a lot of people 
and finding those select few that that really do care about their mission more than their social media following or what people think of them right. is definitely a big thing for us. So um, that's kind of the first part, but the second part and just um, on why I guess we all do this is um, on Instagram, there's, there's definitely a lot of following that comes along with, um, with good content. So I guess I'm going to kind of touch on the, on the camera and video side of things. So, um, so it seems like everybody can kind of grab a camera nowadays and iPhones are, are a great piece of equipment. So, um, there's a lot of photographers, videographers and content creators out there. So we're just kind of trying to find the right ones for it, I guess, for, right. for us and, and ones with the, with the right mission statement. So, right. 100%. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that all made sense, but yeah, no. And that, cause that's the thing that's, that's really tough right now is just because of like how, like what separates you from the next Joe Schmo, you know what I mean? And that's, and I think what it comes down to, to me personally, I think it's like your, your morals, it's your values. It's what, you know, that relationship mm-hmm. in, in general. And that's the one thing that I love about all the people that we work with uh, as far as like as, as partners, as sponsors or whoever that we are engaged with, uh, it's more the it's more important of the relationship and the friendship than it is the product to me. Like the product to me is mm-hmm. is, is, is as far as the that's the cherry on top. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the base, the main ingredients though, you know, the main ingredients to that is that relationship is that friendship. I mean, I take the, the guys over at Stoker eyes as, as the prime example. And especially to the the individuals at first, honestly, I could keep going down the line of Cobra, Brett, and just name all these individuals. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I'm a phone call away from not even talking to them about x y and z of their company it's it's just about their life like what do they got going on what did they do this past weekend and just then it could get get into that and that's what i think again is that's what that that's where we are uh you know help you know bring the the cool thing Mm -hmm. about about this is in general of what we do and this by the time this one airs i've said this now probably two or three times i get the i get the chance to, to talk hunting or talk in in this world at least once or twice a week when I record with somebody and Dimitri and I record with somebody, Mm -hmm. man, I freaking love that. Like I have that one hour where I could just, I get a chance to meet, you know, I get a chance to meet you, Casey. I get a chance to pick your brain and learn from you. Other people get a chance to listen to that as well. That's what I love about this man. And that's where, uh, Mm -hmm. like having you as, as being that, that creative content graphic designer on right now to kind of talk about this. I think it's really cool. No, and that's, and that's one of the things that, especially with podcasts, the thing that I've noticed, and you look at people like, like Joe Rogan and, and podcasts like that, it's just like the podcasts that always do really well are the ones that the person, I mean, you're just genuinely curious <laughs> to learn about stuff and you ask the right questions. And, and I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is you can sit there and you want to bring on as big of names as you can. And obviously you want to, a lot of people want to do that, but just the genuine, the genuine curiosity and the want, the need to learn right. is, is what makes a podcast successful. So, right. So let, let's kind of keep continued. Yeah. Let's kind of continue to build on like that social media aspect in here. Like when you look at it as a whole, right and now this could be either your politically correct work answer. Or it could be your personal answer. However you want to go about it, go for it. Like when you look, if you go on your Instagram right now and you go through and, and like how you said, if, if the individuals up at prime are like, Hey, let's find some people or, or whatever. I don't, I doubt they even do that. Maybe they do. How do you like, is it about building those relationships or is it more of, it's just the picture? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely about the relationship. So there's a lot of people that, that, that'll come to us wanting to make content, wanting to kind of for us to give them a chance and what we'll do for the most part is we'll kind of start out with uh if we like the content we'll start out with like either depending on what the name is and what their what the job we want them to do is but we'll we'll give them a bow we'll give them whatever product they need for the three months and we really want to meet everybody face to face before we work with them 
Right. There are obviously a select few that, that we do just do a deal over the phone and, and kind of talk to them a little bit, but we really like to meet the person and make sure that they are, that they're going to fit the team perfect. So um, one guy that we kind of worked a lot with was his name's Adam Perry uh, from day six outdoors. And he, um, we worked with him a little bit for just, just kind of product deals. And then we kind of got a chance to sit down and talk to him and, he just like fit the team so well that that's that's when he started to work his way up. And now he's actually uh, one of our biggest content creators. So that's awesome. Putting a name, it's not just a name on paper to us. It really is the whole, they got to fit the team or else it just, it just doesn't work. Now, if what recommendations would you give someone, whether it's a say a high school kid or college kids, or even someone that's, you know, maybe our age that wants to get into the industry. I know when I was in high school, I always wanted to film hunts and and that's what I wanted to do growing up. And, you know, I, I wanted to go to film school and, and I even emailed Mossy Oak back when I was, I think I was 15 or 16. And, and I said, if I want to get into industry, how would I go about it? And basically back then it was a little bit different than what it is today. And, and they told me, you know, film your own hunts as much as you can get, get as much education as you can, and then just trying to work through the industry. So there wasn't much guidelines there. And I never went down that road at obviously, um, at the time, but someone that's been through it, the industry, basically your whole career. If, if I was someone just starting out, how would you recommend someone kind of work their way into the industry, whether it's social media or advertisement or marketing, uh, similar to the things you do for prime. Um, so I guess it kind of depends on what side of what side of the field you want to work on. So if it was the creative side and photography um, type thing, it's my biggest, my biggest thing is just, I mean, do it for, for the passion of the creative work. I, I mean, the money will follow. That's that's the biggest thing that I can say is if you really do enjoy what you do when you're doing it for fun and um, you're really good at it, the money's going to come. So the, the need to reach out and, and try to get a YouTube channel before it started or that type, it's very tough for us as a, as a company to kind of invest in somebody where um, – I mean, money is the, the first thing that kind of comes up or the, the content hasn't even been created yet. That's really tough for a company to kind of to invest in. So right. um, kind of starting out and doing it for fun. It seems like everybody on our pro staff um, and our content creators, they all did it well before the money was even there. They had they had a full-time for job and as soon as they get off got off work, they, they'd go out and they'd shoot videos just for fun or they film their hunts or they had their their youtube channel so those are usually the people that that end up doing the best in the industry and those are the people that they kind of get in and and work their way in and it really is it's a small industry so as soon as you kind of you meet one person you meet another and before you know it i mean you know everybody in it so it really isn't a big one (laughs) that's awesome man that sounds like such a, a cool experience that you're able to go through it. I mean, you know, full disclosure, I'm 33, Dimitri's 30, 30, 30. So, I mean, we're not, you know, uh, you know, just coming right out of college and stuff like that, man. We just, we just mm-hmm. love, love what we're doing here, but man, that's, that sounds really cool. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. And I think too, like, I think back to when I get into my health class and I'm teaching them about like certain units and topics, man, I try to be as real and as blunt as I possibly can following the curriculum just because it's, it's what I think they need to hear. And I think this is really good information Mm -hmm. for individuals trying to, uh, you know, break in or, or possibly looking into, uh, into this opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Casey, I want to agree with that. So I want to talk a little bit then about prime specifically. Um, obviously for for right now I'm shooting the black three. I know, uh, from, from earlier on in episodes and everything this past year, uh, people heard me talking about the VXR that I, that I had and, uh, it shot great for me. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, when I got a black three in my hands and I had the opportunity to shoot it, my dad bought one it was a huge sentimental type moment too, for me with my dad this past year, uh, as far as like when he bought his bow and his first one that he bought in 17 years from, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like a Matthews QZ or something that he had back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so it really meant a lot to me the time when we went over, uh, 
to to the guys over at Stoker Eyes at, at their shop and you know there was a awesome bow right there and boom I, I was able to uh you know to have that opportunity to bring that one home so when you talk uh, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about prime i'll tell you what man that thing is, is a shooter uh it it holds like anything that i've never held before as far as like on that back wall and dimitri and i always talked about in the years past and it was actually funny because last year at at tack uh, a couple of the people that were there, like at, at the prime booth, they were asking me like what I was shooting. And at the time I was shooting the, uh, the verdicts. And I said, you know, I, I yeah. had the CT three in as one of the options. And I said, man, I said, I feel like you guys are one year away <laughs> from, from that, from the, yeah. the, from the bow, from dialing it in and boom, here it is that one year. And it actually came, um, you know, I want you to talk a little, a little bit about, uh, the black series if, if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so our, I guess it's for all of all of you that have never have never been exposed to Prime. So I guess we've got a few things on our on our bows that are just a little bit different. And um, right off the bat, it's like um, it's it's not as um, so it's it's actually one cam. It's a dual track cam system, but it is uh, a one piece cam. So pretty much what that does is it just eliminates all all horizontal Mac travel and, and eliminates cam lean. So a lot of what we focus on at prime is the accuracy and not just accuracy, but long range accuracy. So any bow can really shoot 20 yards and you can put a pretty tight group in there. Um, but we really focus on that, that horizontal knock travel is what makes it, it makes a big difference at when you reach out there to 70, 80 yards. Um, so we've kind of we've got that system. We've had that since day one for Prime, and then I want to say three years ago, maybe four years ago, we we introduced the uh, Synergy technology. So we have a, a center balanced riser, um, which just eliminates um, pin float. It's just a more balanced system. You don't necessarily need um, a ton of weight at the bottom of the bow. It's just going to be um, a more balanced system. So that also helps with with the long range accuracy. Um, but as far as the black series goes, so the one that you're shooting, um, we introduced the uh, modular cam system. So that was about a three-year, um, a three-year feat for us. So because of that cam system, there's only so much room in there, and it really was, it was extremely tough for us to put a mod in there. Right. Um, but we were able to do it, and and it's been unreal for us. It's, I mean, we've had one of the best years that we've ever had for g5 over prime so um that that bow has been awesome well that's what i mean with changing the draw length is is huge now i mean when i buy a bow obviously i want to buy a bow that's going to last me for a long time but you know if you go on archery Mm -hmm. talk or you know people are buying new bows year to year and you know without being able to change that draw length you really limit to who you can sell your bow to you know and i mean it's, yeah. it's it's just what the market is now with bows and archery. Everyone wants the new bow every year, you know, so they want to sell their old yep. bow. So being able to draw change that draw length is really going to uh, expand who you can sell your bow to. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, it definitely. It's, it used to be a pretty pretty high risk to own a prime just because you could only sell it back uh, to one draw length, but. Yeah, it, it, it's like I said, and it makes it easier for pro shops too to carry our bows. Yeah, you don't need to carry all these different skews. They can just kind of carry one black three, and it's going to cover every draw length. So, um, seems like a simple piece of technology that's been around for a while, but it really was with our camp system. It's tough to put it in there. So, um, but yeah, it's it's helped a ton. So it's made it made it easier for us at shows too to be able to demo bows right there on the spot and. You don't need a bow press or anything to, to change out the mod. So um, we just kind of do it right there in the booth and let people shoot it and put it in people's hands. So definitely been a good thing for us. Now, can you expand a little bit? I, I don't know if a lot of people actually know about this, but your program of testing, uh, test drive a prime. Can you explain that a little bit more for someone that may not be familiar with that? And I think that's something very unique to your company as well. It's called our prime test drive program. So pretty much what you do is if you walk into your pro shop and they don't have the model you want, um, or it, used, it was a lot bigger when we didn't have our, our new modular cam system, but you'd kind of walk in there and say, didn't have your draw length 
or they didn't have the kind of bow you'd want, you'd order it through the shop under the prime test drive. And we would build the bow and send it to the shop. And you would actually just shoot it right there. And if you liked it, you walk home with it. If not, then they would actually send it back to us or, or so it just kind of gave people a chance to order exactly what they want and be able to put it in their hands uh, before they bought it. So now, and I'll tell you what too, Casey, the one thing that I've, I, I mean, it's, it's as simple as little things, but, uh, the finish even on, on the bows are, are just so much better than a lot of different brands out there right now. I mean, it, what different difference do you guys do as far as going out there and changing that compared to what come other other bow brands are doing yeah so so we've got a, a fusion process so it's almost like it's a so i'm talking camos right now and then i'll kind of go into colors but um for camos what we do is we just kind of have a color fusion process and it's just kind of a big old sock that goes right over a and we put it in kind of like an oven and, and it'll bake the pattern on there and it's super durable last last forever and we noticed that the that the colors really really match um dead on for camo so that's kind of what we've done for the i mean for a long time so uh, that's what we do there and then then coloring it's just i mean i i don't know the whole entire process behind it but i think it's pretty pretty simple powder coat process so we've been doing that for the past little bit no, I, I, I mean, I have right now my bow, the black three is set up with the grizzly brown. So that's like one of your new colors this past year. And then as far as my riser mm-hmm. goes, and then my limbs are the first light fusion, uh, which man, yep. that, that it's a, such a killer combo. It looks awesome. And, uh, yeah. uh, I have a pretty, pretty decked out right now. I got a, uh, spot hog fast city, fast Eddie, uh, single double pin. Uh, with a Stoker Eye stabilizer, I have their new micro diameter M1 uh, SS1 yep. uh, 14 and a half, which is just awesome. Like the balance on that, because I shoot with my mm-hmm. quiver on, uh, even when I'm either in a tree stand or saddle. So uh, that that balance of that is just it it's just awesome. And uh, it's funny because I'll, I talk to my dad every day or every other day, and. I'm like, so did you shoot today? And he's like, yeah. He's like, man, he's like this thing, like you were saying about accuracy. And I know, you know, he's, we're, in, we're from Pennsylvania and he's, he's not going anywhere other than the, the tree stand and stuff. And so a 40 mm-hmm. yard, a 40 yard shot's a bomb for him. And, uh, he's like, he goes, I'm, I'm hitting like a, the ring of a soda can <laughs> from 40 yards with just tacking him in there. He's like, this thing is just unbelievable. And, uh, he, he's loving it, man. He's at like 62 pounds on it and, uh, 27, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, like a 27 and a half inch draw. And, uh, he, he couldn't be more happy about it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, that's awesome. That's, I, those are my favorite stories to hear is just people being all the, and that's really what we focus on. I mean, you shoot bows, you, you line here when you're about to make that purchase and, shoot them all at 10 yards and without a sight and all that stuff on it. So right. it's all because what we really think of the shot, it's when you really start to notice the benefits of a prime. So, right. Well, that's, that's always good. I, I, I will say this. I went from my VXR with a black gold on it and I shot a spot hog for many years actually. And I was, when I had this opportunity to, to shoot the black series, I was like, man, I'm going to go back to the spot hog and, uh, sighting that in was the, the quickest and easiest time that I did it. And I actually did it when Dimitri was at work. So it was just myself doing it. Um, and mm-hmm. it was so, f- it was actually a lot faster than I've ever sighted in because of the, like you said, the long range accuracy of that. And, um, now obviously too, it's just, uh, you know, anything could go in as far as a shooter, but, uh, as far as me getting those tight groups out at 60 yards, like, uh, it was just unbelievable. And that was the first time shooting it, the, you know, that long distance as well. And, uh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. To, I'm, I'm excited to take that thing out West. That's another thing is with that long range shooting. I've noticed that you said you shot like total archery challenges and stuff like that. It's that the long range accuracy, you're not always going to take a shot at an animal at 80 yards, right? but it's pretty fun to put, put a few shots down there. <laughs> it definitely so is, that's, man. That's what I've noticed is, is when you get to shoot some targets at long ranges, that's, I mean, that's just so much fun. I mean, you're never really going to take a shot that far, but 120 yards is pretty fun. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Now, can you talk a little bit more about the the 82X aluminum we talk about? You know, you were talking about accuracy and the importance of that in a bow, but I think, you know, the durability of bows is important too. You know, I, th- I think being whitetail hunters and hunting in the tree stands, it's, it's a little easier to baby our bow. Um, but, you know, going out west, and I mean, I don't think you can kind of baby your bow when you're out there in the mountains and climbing and, you know, which is very important for a lot of the western hunters as well. I mean, you know, some of the bows I've had in the past had some durability issues and, you know, sometimes you're half afraid to even take them out or bump them or, you know, uh, that something's going to break or or come loose. But the fact that you can really trust that your bow is going to stay intact and, you know, whether it can handle some, some rough terrain is important as well when you're, when you're buying a bow. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the 82X aluminum, that's a, that's a proprietary blend that we actually, we actually made. So, it was just a little bit, a little bit lighter and a little bit stronger than what we were using before. Um, so we've tested it and we've, I mean, we've beat it with baseball bats actually. So just to make sure that, that that's going to hold up and, and figure out um, where it's going to break and what we put, put that riser through all the tests just to make sure that when you get out there, nothing's going to, nothing's going to happen to it. Right. I mean, you're going to get dings here and there, but that's just, that's a beauty mark on the boat. So it's just one of those things that, that we really focus on is that strength of that riser and, and the way that riser moves throughout the shot process and make sure nothing's going to happen um, to it, which is something that we've actually done here. I think that 82X aluminum is, I want to say it's four, four or five years old. So we've actually kind of, we've done that pretty much since I've been working at Prime. Right. Now, like, because this is what I think is so fascinating about, like, the outdoor industry in in itself is that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of manufacturers could could go out and make a great product and then they source out and they, you know, now the, the product is not as good as it was and all that type of stuff. What is, man, the one thing that I, you always hear about is, is when people shoot a prime, they're like, man, that's, uh. It's, it just seems like whether you're on online, on forums, on websites or whatever, or just talking to people, that chance when people actually do shoot a prime, they're usually making the switch from a bigger name, quote unquote, bigger name mm-hmm. uh, company, man, like how do you guys just go about and just know your business is, is like, if we have that opportunity, like, do you go out and, and do anything as far as like the marketing side of things go, or are you just like, Hey man, the bow speaks for itself. Um, a little bit of both. I think a lot of it really is the bow speaks for itself is we, we have, I mean, we're a relatively young company. I think we're 10 years old. So there's not as much as many people that have shot it, but we do have kind of small tight net group, especially when we've got like our little Facebook channels that are, that, speak to our bow pretty well. Right. Um, but it really, it is, it's the people. I mean, we do a lot to keep our bow running at, at its full potential all the time. We have, um, uh, free strings and cables for life warranty when you first buy your bow. So every two years we put new strings and cables on your bow to make sure that it is running at, at, at its peak, um, at all times. So just, we do little things like that just to make sure that, that you're not going to have problems with your bow. I mean, there's going to be dry fires and stuff like that that we we can't control, um, but we try to control everything we can to make sure that bow really is really is running as well as it can. Right, and that shield program is fantastic. I think that's something that's really really cool and and different. Again, like kind of going off of what Dimitri said earlier, is you know doing the test drive of Prime, like that's something different for you guys. And mm-hmm. uh, that shield program is as well. I mean, for those that don't know, like once you do buy a Prime and you you know you do your warranty and you set up your shield program, not only is that regist- registering you for the two uh, every two years for the new set of strings, but it's also getting you like don't you get a membership to a magazine? and then you get some other goodies too within yep. a little box yeah you get a membership uh yeah to the magazine you get some free uh string and cable wax um and you get some little like, a free hat along with it so just like a little goodie package um just to make sure yeah, yeah that's all good so that thousand dollar little goodie box <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know you know it's it's a it's an expensive thing that we do for us we've We've talked about it several times about just like, is this worth it for us? 
just because it, it is so expensive and and we're just like yeah this is something we're just never going to cut yeah I no, mean, I, the free strings and cables and the goodie box i mean that goes a long way it, so it honestly nobody else out there doing that no i and this is just coming from a nobody but i mean like definitely it, from my point of view that's something that sets customer service that's set, setting something with you, you kind of feel uh connected uh, in some way, because like, I mean, you could call any other bow brand. I mean, if, if you have a, an issue with company, I don't know, let's just throw out there like Bowtech or something like that. You have an issue with them. Like you're just going through your dealer, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and that's, yeah. I mean, for most companies, maybe that's what you're doing. And if, if I were to have an issue with prime, I would take it to my dealer, but it almost feels like two, you guys are a lot more out there like i know rob over here chalinski and everything like that like you know i, I would have no mm -hmm. issue calling rob and being like hey man like john mulligan same thing like there's that opportunity yep. where we could you almost have people where you could talk to them and actually get answers rather than like getting a runaround oh yeah yeah definitely yeah people yeah people like john and and uh rob or i mean we have a lot of those guys just around the around the whole country that we work with pretty closely and talk to on a regular basis and and that really represent our brand good even no matter how involved they are it's just we got a lot of good people on our side which is just a real a real blessing so now can you talk a little bit about choosing the right axle to axle bow uh, for an individual, I know, you know, you offer several different lengths, um, through the black series. Can you talk about maybe someone that, you know, whether it's what type of hunting they're doing or, or if, if they're new to hunting or what their, their goals are in the, uh, with hunting season, can you explain to maybe suggestions of what to choose? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we offer four different axles to axles in uh, the black series. We offer a 31 inch, a 33, 35, and then a 39. And a lot of it really depends on uh, personal preference. I mean, if you like a longer axle axle, then we obviously have something to cover that. But um, it, it really does depend on how far the shot you're going to take and what kind of animal you are hunting. So um, out west, we're, that's where we started prime, and that's really where we started to target just because of our accuracy factor, um, which also translated to a longer axle to axle. So the 35 inch has always been our bread and butter and continues to be uh, nowadays. So that 35 inch axle to axle is just a little bit more balanced in the hand. It's, it's um, a longer axle to axle is usually a more accurate bow. So we were able to bring that brace height in a little bit and keep that long axle to axle. So when you're shooting long distances, it's just going to be, uh, more accurate and then we have our 30 33 inch which is kind of our in-between model so people that um that's actually what i shoot because i shoot a little bit of a little bit of target competition here and there right um but i use it i use it for hunting for the most part so um so that's kind of where i sit and then and then we really do have our our 31 inch so it's our our real short bow but it's it seems to be our white tail bow choice for just tree stands and ground blinds and stuff like that. Um, that's what most people choose on that sort of thing. So a um, little bit of, a little bit of everything. Right. There seems to be a bow for everyone really. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and, <laughs> and it seems like, it, it seems like most brands do have of accident. It's just kind of something that it depends on what you like, but our long axle axles have been, have been that bread and butter for quite a while. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. Like for my first time shooting the primes, uh, the, the black series, as far as that goes, the black five, it was hard, man, just because I am a pr predominantly white tail hunter. Um, like I want to put in an order for a five just to, <laughs> just to have and, 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 yeah. and, and be my kind of like my toy just because man, that thing, when I shot the five, I was like, Whoa, like this thing is just so yeah. awesome. I, I, that might like, I have a three, 
but man, that five might be like legit. I'm, I'm not, I'm not just tooting like, cause you're on here. Like that might be like legit the best bow that I've ever shot. And I actually said that to Dimitri, like as soon as I was driving home, one of my dad ordered his bow. I'm like, dude, you need a five because Dimitri's a big guy. Like he's six one, right? Mm-hmm. You're six one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's it, like, it just seems like it, like that would be a money bow for him. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you need a five. Like I'm five, seven, <laughs> like that thing, like it's just, as big as me but dude that thing was so fun to shoot and it was like it was amazing and i think the bow that i had that i shot there too at the shop was only like a 62 pound and i'm used to pulling like and and here's the thing too i'm only usually pulling so this is kind of i i kind of like this this is going to lead into something here i only like my past three bows that i've ever owned have been 65 pound bows just because I'm okay. pre- pre- predominantly hunting here in, in Pennsylvania when it's November 15th, like that last day of the season, like just throwing that out there and it's five degrees out or 10 degrees. I want to be able to pull back and not have to like, like need a pre-workout to, to do it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I always say, Hey, let me get a 65 pound bow. I could draw it back in any temperature. It's, it's easy. It's butter smooth for me. It, I have a good heavy arrow. Like I'm, I do other, th- I do my homework as far as making sure I'm uh, my bows just set up. Right. So when I, when, when the 65 rolled up as the, as the, the, uh, the one that I had the black three that I have, and we topped it out at 68.7. So just basically 69 pounds. Let's just say that. I pull that back mm-hmm. smoother than any of my previous 65 pound bows, bows that I've owned the last three years. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we've, I, we've heard that quite a bit. Like, yeah. It, we've I, heard that quite a bit. It's, our cam, our cam system is a little bit different this, this year than it was last year in our, our previous prime draw cycle. So it is, it's a lot smoother of a bow. Our peak weight is actually just at a different spot throughout the draw cycle, which just makes you think, it's so much easier to draw and you'll notice that here up upcoming in, in November, I mean, yeah. the, the temps drop, it's just, it's going to be, it's still going to be such an easy bow to draw. So, yeah. and that's the one thing too. Like I was, here though. yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like I'm not, again, I'm not just, you know, saying it cause it's you, but, yeah. um, like even when I was talking to Sean from Stokerized, uh, and like his thing too, when we were talking back and forth, like, cause I know he has a, a five too, that just came in the other day for him like we're talking on the phone the other day about it and we were both saying just like the grip, like it just, it's so natural. Like for me, I was constantly fighting on the VXR, like my grip and Mm -hmm. like now it's just boom, it's right there. It's, it's, it's just natural. It it has a good throat to it. I I don't know what it is, man. I I, I couldn't be more happy. I'm I'm pleased. And uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I want you to talk a little bit if you can, you know, just because it's something that fascinates me in general, just because I'm a gear junkie and, and how you said it took, has taken prime three years to come out with that module system for the cams. How do you go about next year? Like, especially now, like with COVID, (laughs) you know what I mean? I know like if you go online on our, on our true talk, like I posted an image of my, my prime they're like, Holy crap, man. Like, that's awesome. Like I'm waiting like eight weeks right now. And I'm like, Oh man, that's tough. Like that, that, that'd be hard. Like you guys are about to drop a new bow here probably in like November. Uh, especially now with COVID, like, like what, is this something that you guys were planning a couple years ago or is it? Or was it like, boom, like the black three came out in October and like, we're hitting the ground running for 2021. So, so we kind of an idea of what we're going to build around two weeks, two years out. So we're, we're kind of planning on, on the boat that we'll be building in 2023. Okay. Um, so we kind of, we think, but as far as the actual building concepts and, and putting stuff into work, usually it usually starts about a year out. So. We've been working on the bow that we're launching for this year. Um, as soon as we launched, as soon as we launched last year, uh, and then we kind of found a few cool things to do even along the way. Like our biggest piece of technology that we'll put, be putting into the the 2021 model was something that we found uh, along the way of our bow process. So, um, which is a piece of technology I'm super excited about. So, awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's it's cool. So. It, with the new bows for, for 2021, we actually, um, 
we'll be the only company, even not just outdoor industry, any industry as a whole with this, um, with this piece of technology other than NASA, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, you're killing me, <laughs> so man. We're going to have, we're going to have space age technology next year. How are you going to make us wait that long? <laughs> Oh yeah, we're, we're gonna make you wait as long as we can, but we're we're going into outer space next year. I like it, man. That's that's good stuff. We are, we are. All right, man. Well, before we wrap it up and I get into like what twenty twenty ha- uh, has in store for you, I kind of want to rewind. What could one thing be for someone looking to get into the industry or just trying to not nece- not necessarily make a living? but just to be involved, what's one thing someone can do? Just to be involved, I think it, it totally has to do with, with conservation. That's one thing that, I, that is, I mean, that's kind of the reason why I almost got back into this industry. It's just there's so much good that goes on in this industry and so many opportunities, to, especially with groups like BHA and Wild yeah. Sheep Foundation and RMEF. There's just so many opportunities to get involved in. And go. I know near near us in Michigan, they had um, kind of a big old a big cleanup um, way up north to the north end of us, and, and they just cleaned ditches and and thousands of acres of of public land and just cleaned it up. That's awesome. And they put up gates so that you can't be driving trucks back too far, and and little stuff like that that just it helps preserve the land. It makes it so much nicer for us hunters and. Groups like DHA allow allow us to hunt even even more land and keep it keep it private right or keep it public. Sorry. Right. So there's just so many opportunities out there. To just get and it seems like it's such a little thing to just go out there and help pick up trash, but it really does it does a lot for our industry and it, it makes us look good to the to the seventy percent that that don't uh, that aren't pro hunters but aren't anti hunters. There's yep. They say there's 70% of those people and it's, it's just one more experience that is going to make that 70% look at us in a good way. And we're help we we're helping keep their parks just as open as, as us for hunting. So, um, little stuff like that just makes a huge difference and it's easy to get involved with. So Dude, that's, that's awesome. And it's kind of actually funny. You said that because today is Sunday, um, it is uh, August 9th, and like I said, Dimitri and I are getting ready to, to head out west uh, on Thursday. So I I went over town today, which we live in central Pennsylvania, and I went over to State College, which is where Penn State University is. And so I'm over there in, mm-hmm. in uh, Wegmans, and I'm getting uh, a bunch of goodies for our trip as we're driving out there to Utah. And lo and behold, as I'm walking, I see Chris Hennessy, who's the, you know, Eastern rep manager um, mm-hmm. for, for BHA. And I was like, Chris, he's like, Jeremy, and, you know, here we are with our masks on. And he's like, what's going on, man? And we had a 10 minute conversation. He's asking me about his trip. I was asking him about, you know, his summer vacations. Cause I knew he went, he just actually got back from Montana uh, and all that type of stuff. So it was just really cool. Like Dimitri and I, had an opportunity to go into his house and we recorded a podcast. That was one of our early ones too, that we did. And we had pizza, mm-hmm. we had dinner with him and in, in his household. And, uh, man, it's it, like you said, it, it's awesome to connect with amazing individuals with amazing organizations like that as well. So. And working with groups like that and volunteering, you need a lot of cool people and you can slowly work. I mean, Yep. Like there are, there's so many nice people in this industry that are more than willing to help, help you do anything you want. So getting involved is my, in my opinion, I mean, one of my favorite things and, and one of the biggest things that we all as hunters um, can do to kind of wrap a good name around us and work our way up. And so that's awesome. Just can't, I can't, can't help those, can't help pitch those guys enough. So right, they're right. awesome. 100% man that's that's great great stuff and now Casey what does 2020 have in store for you man as far as hunting or whatever hunting filming just like, just yeah like what, yeah what, what's your uh what's your schedule have in store man it's it's a busy one so I'm actually getting to be able to hunt myself um more this year than I ever have so doing some hunting in Nebraska and Ohio Michigan North Carolina and Missouri. So that's way more than I've ever done. Um, 
and then I'll be kind of doing some films here and there in Missouri and in Ohio. So, um, still doing, still doing a lot of that, but yeah, it's just a, it's a really busy hunting schedule and, and lots of commercial and photo work along the way there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit, how about you guys? Uh, well, man, it's, we're kind of all over the place. We have, uh, and a lot depends on what, you know, the, the future holds as far as like schoolwork is, as, as goes. I mean, right now we are planning mm-hmm. to go, going back in class, uh, which I hope we do. Uh, but then the selfish hunter part of me wants to make sure we do go remote <laughs> because then, you know, I could be in Kentucky and have my laptop on somewhere and, and be, uh, teaching as and as yeah. I get ready to go into a, to a saddle hunt but um man honestly right now like I said we're heading out to Utah and that that will be a fun trip we're going from you know opening day until that following Friday basically so just 6 days of hunting and then uh uh man September uh, depending on our schedule uh I could be going either to North Carolina to some family uh, that has land down there and, and hunting whitetail mm-hmm. or, uh, if things get a little bit more crazier, I could head out possibly to Kentucky and then, uh, so that's September, October, uh, 5th is, or 4th, whatever that Saturday is. That's our, our first day of, of, of the opener here in Pennsylvania. And, uh, yep. Dimitri and I, man, we're, I know because of Dimitri's going to have to take a lot of time off as far as the Western hunt. So he's going to really focus on Pennsylvania this year. And, uh, I, we've talked about getting a lot more, like to be a lot more aggressive as far as hunting on public land. Um, we have some private land that we are able to hunt, but at the same time, man, we just love getting after on public, just a challenge and, uh, you know, just to see what, what we could do as, as a hunter and just have fun with it. But, um, yeah. so as far as October goes, I'm probably going to hunt here that first day, but then I'm going to try to get to Ohio at least two weekends and, uh, see if I can make something out of it and then, uh, really hit the ground running. And then, then possibly like the 24th weekend in October, I might try to get down to Tennessee and then, uh, hunt with some buddies over there at, at tether nation. And then, uh, really just kind of come back here in, in the, uh, for the rut and just hunt PA. And then if, if, if we get skunked out there in Utah, middle, late November, when the rut kicks in out there, we might have to go back. <laughs> we, we might go back. Cause there's like a, there's a, there's a bow only unit that like, if you don't fill your tag that you could go out there. And, uh, if, uh, we have a good, nice, safe trip, this first time we might <laughs> go back again and try to fill that tag. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I feel you there. Yep. So that's Those second seasons are always good. Yeah, man. So that's what, that's what 2020 has in store for us. Hopefully we could get, I got a new camera. I, uh, I have a Sony, uh, six, a 6,400. Um, so I, okay. I, plan, I plan on using that as much and getting some, some content. And, uh, I plan on also getting a, um, an AX 53 for self filming just for like, I was originally going to just stick with the 6,400 and I do plan on having that as like my main B roll stuff. But if it's just Mm -hmm. me and the stand, I'm solely, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go that route as the camcorder just because it's going to be easier, make my life easier. Now, if Dimitri and I are hunting together and one of us is filming each other, then obviously I'll be taking the 6,400, uh, out there. But, yeah, man, I, I yep. I'm excited. I we made a lot of rookie mistakes as far as uh, filming goes last year, and uh, I I just started to really fall in love with that content side of things, and uh, I'm really looking mm-hmm. looking forward to uh, growing and 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 uh, hopefully getting like what is it in jujitsu and all that stuff like earning your your purple belt or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but yeah, you gotta I, work your way up. I mean, yeah, man, I want to earn that stuff and I want to have fun doing yeah. it. And and uh, man, it's it's just it's just so fun. And that's what I'm looking forward to is just having yeah. another year. And honestly, dude, this will be when this when this sucker airs, it will be one year that Ant were up is has been put together and it will be just shy of uh eight months that the podcast has been live and man i i it's it's been Mm -hmm. awesome 
it's been a hell of a yeah. ride already. And, uh, I, I can't wait to just continue to, to grow and get better and bring content to, to individuals. So that's what it's about, man. So yeah. that's what 2020 really, has. Really yeah, man, that, that's what 2020 has in store. So Casey, man, where could people find, find more about you? I know you have a website and, and obviously the Instagram stuff. So what, what, where could people find you, man? Yeah. So, uh, my main source of content is, uh, I just got my Instagram page. It's Casey.Vandergraaf. But I mean, stuff like that, but you'll, you'll, um, just follow along at prime, uh, G5 prime. And that's where kind of we do everything on our business side of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where you can find me. And I'm more than happy to, sit down and wants to call and and talk i mean honors <laughs> and love talking camera gear so i'm more than happy to sit down and talk i love it awesome man well dude thank you so much for taking that time out and uh hopefully everybody make sure you go follow casey until next time antler up all right, everybody. So that wraps up another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And again, big thank you to Casey for coming on. And everybody, thank you again for all your continued support. Our season is coming up here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be amazing. And I was actually just out in the outside, just uh, practicing shooting from the tethered saddle. And, and uh, man, I love uh, just getting in all that practice before the season doing my setup with the fourth arrow camera arm base and everything so just going through hunting situations so i encourage you all to do the same keep checking those cameras and uh good luck to you this upcoming season i can't wait to see everybody uh for what you got going on make sure to tag us with with antler up and we'll be able to see what everybody's doing or tag us in it on our instagram page and again thank you so much for listening until next time antler up